ट्रुथ मेक्स द इलोक्वेंट मैन डम्ब अष्टावक्रिस सही ट्रुथ मेक्स द इलोक्वेंट मैन डम्ब द क्लेवर मैन स्टूपिड एंड द एनर्जेटिक मैन लेजी एंड देर फोर दोज हुम इज हैप्पीनेस इन लाइफ दे अवॉइड द ट्रुथ If you have been eloquent, you talk too much, then truth puts a lid on your mouth because you start seeing the foolishness of your words. You used to yak so much. and a little touch of the truth ostrak what to say the words have been stolen away it feels stupid to express the nonsense within similarly if you have been clever truth makes you see how stupid your cleverness is so you give up on cleverness giving up on cleverness is not stupidity but in the eyes of the world only two states exist cleverness and the opposite of cleverness cleverness and the absence of cleverness which the world calls as stupidity the spiritual one is certainly not clever the saints have said and repeated and repeatedly emphasized that even a moron can reach there but not a clever mind the ones who have a lot of belief in their tricks and methods and personal wisdom and intellectual strength are never never going to reach there truth is for the innocent ones similarly the one who keeps running about here and there starts seeing the futility of his efforts incessant movement ceases in the eyes of the world the energetic man has become lazy he has not become lazy he has actually just become restful
But the world does not know rest. The world will call rest as laziness. Which does not mean that rest and laziness are one. There is laziness that is very very restless. And there is rest that looks like laziness. These two should not be conflated. They are not one. But if you do not have discretion, then you may conflate these two. You may start, start talking of the relaxed person as lazy. So when the world looks at the disappearance of eloquence, The disappearance of cleverness and the disappearance of the running around, the word says, oh terrible, spirituality has left this fellow totally useless. Earlier, he was in fine fetter. He was an impressive speaker. He was a sharp thinker. And he was a high achiever. Surely in fine fetter. We looked up to him. But this thing called spiritual realization has made him totally worthless, useless. Now he doesn't talk too much. Now he doesn't come up with clever ideas to win the world or gain pleasure or prestige or riches. And now he is not seen making frantic efforts to rise up the social ladder. He has become absolutely worthless. And having seen and concluded that spirituality turns a fellow worthless, the worshippers of happiness and pleasure start abhorring spirituality even more. They were already scared of the scriptures and the teachers. Now they may actively start hating the scriptures and the teachers. They will say, don't talk to me of Ashtavakra. I know what he did to my brother. My brother was such a nice man. And now he is of no use to anybody. Do you see what the society wants? That you remain useful. You remain useful. Useful to? And spirituality 
liberates you from being a useful slave to others. Therefore, the others will really dislike it when you turn spiritual. The spiritual man is of not much worldly use to others. The fact is that now he becomes really useful to others. But the real use is not what the world wants from you. The world wants from you a worldly use. And the worldly use you will now refuse to provide. Therefore the world will get angry. Yeah, he is now incapable of committing himself to stupid pleasures. He now has deep and high pleasures. Hmm? He now has Deep and high pleasures. So that's why uh, Bible, in Bible, it just says once that only those enter in, uh, in the land of God <coughs> who are innocent like children. Hmm? Don't be scared. <laughs> there are pleasures beyond pleasures. I did not speak on this to scare you away. No. <laughs> hmm? If the spiritual man no more cares for happiness or regular pleasures, it is because now he has a deeper and higher pleasure. A pleasure that abides. A pleasure that not, does not come along with displeasure. A happiness that does not come along with sorrow. What do you want? A small pleasure that comes along with displeasure? Or a huge pleasure that comes only with itself? What do you want? A plus one that comes with minus one or a plus hundred that does not come with minus hundred? I have received a lot of things. Uh, I am grateful for that. But at the same time, I feel indebted. Like I am indebted to because I keep on receiving. So that what about this indebted? Settle the debt. But it is like a heavy. Ever it is indebted. Settle as much as you can. 
what is the mean of real innocence? What is the mean of real innocence? Jesus mentioned very clearly that only those enter my God's land who are innocent like children. What type of innocence Jesus talks in the Bible? I just want to show that what type of You know of one guilt from the Bible. What was the guilt of Adam and Eve? If guilt is to do what Adam and Eve did, what is guilt? And not following the So now you know what is innocence. Hmm? Innocence and guilt are related words, right? Innocence is freedom from guilt. Yes. So the same source from where you are quoting about innocence also gives you the definition of guilt. What was the guilt? To not to listen to the one who is your father. To not to follow his instructions. To be tempted by the apple. To give more credence to the words of the snake. And then you know what happened after the guilt. They started getting civilized. Eve demanded some designer dresses and God came in and asked who taught you to wear all these clothes? I left you naked. And he said, oh, so you have knowledge now. Now you know what is guilt. Hmm? Avoid guilt, that is innocence. Innocent, you remain with him. Guilty, you consider yourself as earthly beings. They were subjected to the earth, banished from heaven. The innocent ones continue to remain in heaven. The guilty ones are banished to earth and they think of themselves as Earthly beings. Anything else? I do not see myself uh, uh, having any attachment towards the pleasures. Um, but if they come on my way, I don't see any resistance in enjoying them. 
at the same time. So suppose I'm living in a five-star hotel, it's perfectly fine for me, I don't have any resistance. But if I, have, if I happen to stay one night in a hut or something without other amenities, that is perfectly fine for me. So. You don't accidentally stray into a five-star hotel, do you? You're saying, if Providence brings me to a five-star hotel, it is okay. And if I have to live in some ragtag place, even that is okay. Are these acts of Providence or do you book your hotel two months in advance? You choose where you'd stay and you actively pay up for it. Is that the best use of your money? No. But you're devoting your resources to pleasure. It's a choice. It's not an accident. Providence didn't bring pleasure to you. You arranged for pleasure. But your question presents as if pleasure accidentally came your way. It didn't accidentally. You paid up for it. The thing is you have limited resources and we have talked of the best use of your resources. What is the best use of one's resources in life? Liberation. Now, have your resources gone towards liberation? No. You found something higher than liberation, that is pleasure. Sam, always choosing. Obviously, it's a choice. But your question, see how deceptively it yeah. presents the situation. I'm just trying to understand myself. <laughs> Where could the same money have gone? Pleasures are hardly ever accidental. And if accidental pleasures do come to you, fine. But these are pleasures that we pay for with our life. These are very, very costly pleasures, you know. Very costly. The chipping of the bird is an accidental pleasure. Unexpected rain might be an accidental pleasure. Still <coughs> Obviously it is. It is not merely attached to pleasure. It is also not accepting something higher in life. That something higher is more pleasurable than pleasure. Come to it. It's, it's, it's an invitation. Hmm? 